guys. Welcome back to the Love Your Story podcast. Today, I am interviewing Wendy Yellen. She is bringing us a new tool that we have never talked about before, and frankly, that I've never heard about before. Um, she's got some really good cred here. So international top three transformation, transformational experts in her field. She supports people of heart and integrity around the world to live a full, passionate, successful, and unshackled life of love, awareness, and compassion without it costing them their soul. She is an eidetics expert. This is an imaging work that helps people to get down beneath some of these conscious thinking spaces and using images to help them find and get past and break through things that might be holding them back. So join me today for my interview with Wendy. We do a little bit of um, actual hands-on eidetics works on the podcast and um, we're going to get started. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. So, Wendy, welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. Thank you. I'm wanting to start out with who you are. Who are you as a woman? We've heard some things about you professionally, but who are you? Where do you live? What kind of things do you like to do? All right. First, I'm happy to be here. So thank you for inviting me. And I live outside of Santa Fe, New Mexico at about 7,000 feet. So that's pretty high. And I live with my husband. We've been together about 40 years. Uh, what I love, as you might be able to tell from where I live, is natural beauty. Mm-hmm. I love nature and walking and hiking. And I am actually uh, have a relationship, <laughs> I think, with a fox that's been coming to my yard lately. You know what? That is so interesting because, okay, I'm a hiker too. I'm outside all the time. And the one animal that always shows up repeatedly or that more than any other animal is a fox. I've had fox come and walk with me or get in my path three different times. I'm speechless. Right? I also almost didn't say that. So I guess it was supposed to be said. Wow. wow. You had a fox follow you. Oh my gosh. Walk with you. Oh my gosh. I know. I don't even know what it means. I've just always, the fact that it happened three different times, I'm yes. like, this must be my totem animal or something. Oh, anyway. Cool that it happens to you that you have a yes. fox friend. Yes, that's my main hobby and not so much hobby. I, I don't really feel like I have a hobby. I My interest really is in uh, being real, uh, continuous expansion, it deepening my spiritual life and really being the being the best person I can be in any given moment given that it that is pretty constantly a challenge just really, really being awake as much as I possibly can. That's beautiful. That's the best any of us can do. And what a wonderful thing to focus on. So you have been named one of the international top three transformational experts in their field. Nobody gets to that place without a story behind them of learning and growth and development to understand transformation. How about if we go there? Can we go back yeah. to how, how did you get there? Yeah, there's a journey there. There has to be, right? In my opinion, you have to move through the things that stop you to go to the next place. And then the things that are stopping you there. And that's what I'm interested in for me. So I was trained very traditionally at Smith College School for Social Work. So I have traditional psychodynamic psychotherapy. And then I did uh, a thesis on change. How do people really change? Because that's what interests me. Then I went on and did a family therapy fellowship and brief therapy. And then I went on and did all kinds of non-traditional therapy trainings. And I got to the point where I had a full practice, 100% referral, and a waiting list. I had no idea how unusual that was. 
It just came to me. Obviously, if you have a full practice and you're 100% referral, that means that people like what they get or they wouldn't refer. So, But I, as a practitioner, didn't feel that I was, if this was the only way that people could change only to this extent, even though people were happy with it, I wasn't going to keep doing this kind of change work. It wasn't enough. And it wasn't enough for me as a client. And I was doing all the different modalities that I had been trained in. I was for myself. I was engaged in them and it wasn't enough for my clients. So what wasn't enough? What change were you seeing and what change weren't you seeing? I, I was, it was too in the head, even though I was doing both intellectual and body work, emotional release body work, it just felt superficial. If people would change a little bit, they'd be happy with it. They'd feel a little better, you know, and, and they were pleased with it. But I thought we have to get to a deeper level. I don't know how more specific I can be about it. It was just a feeling that this can't be all there is. And if it is, I'm not going to keep doing it. So I quit. I, I closed my practice and I moved to Japan. When I came back, I got, there's more stories here, obviously, but when I came back, I got reintroduced to eidetics, which I had heard about 20 years before. Okay. So I don't know what eidetics is. Can you define it? Can I wait to define that in just a moment? Okay. Just a moment. I'll come back to that. I promise. So just so the listeners know, she is, her area of expertise is eidetic imagery transformation. Um, But yeah, define it in a minute. Go ahead. Yeah. And we're going to experience that later today. So when I, I got re-exposed to the work that we're going to experience today and I finally got it. The first time it had made no sense. I was totally in my head. But 20 years later, I, I, I understood the depth of this work. And I thought, whoa, what I have been looking for is actually possible. And I just found it again. So I jumped in with both feet and I did the three-year training and I flew to New York to do it, you know, several times a year. And have been haven't turned back since this is I, I actually let go of all my other credentials and and my certifications and all the things that I had worked so hard to get I let them go just to focus on this work and I do want to say Lori that to your listeners that um, you've volunteered to be uh, to, to do a sample to be a sample person for this work, to do a demonstration. And I really believe that that shows you to be a true leader. And I want your people to hear that. I feel that way very strongly because not everyone is willing to be visible and vulnerable. And in my mind, that's real leadership. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. And thank you for sharing your skills in an open venue like this. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I'm interested to see what happens. Me too. It's (laughs) working without a net. So you asked me to um, define eidetics. I'm going to define it because I know people's minds need that. And I can tell you ahead that the definition doesn't help. (laughs) It doesn't help. The experience will help in terms of understanding better. So eidetics has to do with images in the mind, but it has nothing to do with visualization. And the reason I'm so strong about that, because visualizations tend to start with, I want to feel a certain way. So I'm going to image it. Or I think I want to think, well, it mostly starts with that. Let's just leave it at that. But eidetic images come from deep inside of each of us. They're unique. Each one is unique. Each one is unique to that person. And they, the Greeks, the ancient Greeks called them gifts from the gods because they have, they have an image that's either vivid or vague. They have a lot of feelings that go with them and multiple layers of meaning. And the reason the Greeks called them gifts from the gods is because you, they understood the power of the images to reconnect you to the parts of us, the parts of us that got lost, the parts of us that got, let's say, buried under our own history. And the work is not processing. The work happens, the change happens through watching 
and feeling the image and staying out of analyzing it. And I'll walk, I'll walk us all through that in a bit. Does okay, that make so, sense as a definition? Um, yeah, I'm interested to, to see it in action too. So how did that work in your own life? Before we hop into the sure. example, you were reintroduced to this and there had to be some significant work you did with it on your own to really feel the power, right? Oh, well, absolutely. But first of all, you could never be a practitioner if you weren't really focused on your own work with it because the mind is such a complicated beast and you have to have some understanding of your own mind. So a couple things. One, my relationship. So I told you I've been married for 40 years or with my husband for 40 years. And in the beginning, I was so in my head. I was angry at him. I, I, I figured pretty much 100%, I was... 98% I was right and he was wrong. <laughs> so what, what are you angry with him about? Anything in particular or it's just that he, he it's just frustrating and hard to live with another person? Yeah, it's frustrating, hard to live with another person and I was right and he was wrong. It was like, you know, pretty much everything. And I, I honestly believe that even though, of course, I also knew that had to be impossible. And, and he was being himself and I thought he should change. I know I'm not the only one on the on this on this podcast that thinks that. I just, you know, if, if you would just change the way I think you would be better off, we would both be better off. But that's not how life works. So common. <laughs> so so I was mentally divorcing him some gigantic percentage of the time. So one, I'm in my head all the time. And two, I'm mentally divorcing him in my head all the time. And then I'm not doing it though. And now you asked about the change. We didn't work. This is one of the things that's so fascinating about IDEX. We didn't work directly on my relationship with my husband because I didn't want to. I wanted to work on my business, actually. But through the shifts that were happening to me in myself and coming out of my head in being able to be more present and being able to actually see the way he gives me love. Not the way I think he should give me love, but seeing and taking in and feeling the ways that he gives me love. That was really different for me. And so I began to appreciate him more. actually feeling it. I began to see him more. And what was fascinating was that he wasn't working on this particularly either. But one day I remember I caught him singing to himself. And I was thinking to myself, first of all, it felt so good. He has a nice voice, but it was also lovely that he would be that happy that he would be singing to himself. I thought, wow, I wonder, did I, has he been singing to himself all this time? And I just didn't notice or is he singing to himself now because he's so happy? And it, it, I knew that it had par at least partly to do with what was happening between us because I could see it on his face. I could see it on the things that were happening. And so eidetics helped you to do that? I mean, it, it helped yeah. make this major shift? Yeah, it helped because one of the things it does is it helps us unlock the grip we have on what is is we have this gripped idea of this is the way things are and the way i think is the way i need to make things and i've got to change myself with my head and well if i just think differently or you know we we have we use logic in the conscious mind in ways they were never intended to be used and they don't work. And that's why so many people say, you know, well, I'll just think about it differently. But you can't. If you could, you would already. So I'm not talking about the little stuff, but if there's something that where we think to ourselves, I'll just think about it differently or I'll just feel differently about it. And then you see the person goes and can't. That's because that is not how we change. The conscious mind is not developed for those kinds of changes. So eidetics is a tool to help you make deep changes to things that um, parts of your story that are holding you back. Is that accurate? A absolutely. It, it does change the story. It changes the way we feel about the story. It changes the way we think about our story. And it often changes other people that are in the story. 
Okay, I can that, tell you a story about it if you like. I'm sorry. What did you say? I said that that's really interesting. That's that's some that's a lot of tentacles out of one thing. <laughs> so here's why that can be. So everybody knows that if you have a cut on your finger and you keep it clean and you're reasonably healthy, it's going to heal from the inside out. It's just going to do that, right? But people don't believe that about their psyche. They think you have to manipulate and change things. They think you're supposed to use their... So many people that believe this, especially now, that if you can just change yourself with your own conscious mind, you'll have a better idea of how to live. And what I have seen with Identics is that the wisdom, the incredible wisdom that are in these images... And the way they connect us to ourselves is so much more than anything that conscious mind would give. Let me, I think I should, let me tell a quick story and then let's experience it if that's okay with you. Sure. Sounds yeah? good. Okay. My clients, my private clients and my mastermind clients, they look really good from the outside. Everybody does. Where they're suffering really is inside the way they feel about themselves, the way they feel about their success or wanting more success, the way they feel about money. Again, it looks just great from the outside, but inside they don't, they feel like there's more for themselves and that's where we work. So this woman that I'm talking about, I'm going to change some of the details just for a confidentiality. So she's an award-winning artist multiple multiple multiples in the at least a dozen and i think more in from many different places and yet when we first met she didn't see herself as an artist and she didn't want people to talk about it because it it made her feel funny like that that this wasn't her okay multiple what you said there were multiple Award, awards awards award okay yeah yeah so Part of what was going on in her mind all the time was that she, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. So no matter how many awards she got, it didn't make any difference because she was never enough. And so that went, when we, she didn't come to me because she was an artist and wanted to be more of an, and by the way, she always did it as a volunteer. She never did it as a job, but she wanted to earn some money but she didn't feel like she was enough. So she couldn't. So she did all kinds of other things, which somewhat suited her, but not that well. And then when, as we worked more, what started to come through for her was, first of all, she, one of the things that happened was that she actually is being paid now to do her art consistently, which, which if you think about it is really interesting because that requires a conversation about money. It requires her putting herself in a different level because as a volunteer, you're, there's a different expectations. There's all kinds of things that had to happen. But the thing that was one of the most wonderful pieces of it for me is that she said, Wendy, I feel like now for my grandchildren that I can say and that, that I will hear them say my grandmother's an artist, and she says, and I own it. Love that. Wonderful. I, you know, I think that this paradigm shift, reframing a story, these are the things that we talk about so often. And it sounds like the work that Eidetics does is on a deep level so that you're not working on that reframing just on the surface, but on, on a much deeper level of changing almost unconsciously. Yeah, I would use a different word. I understand what you're saying about reframing because it's, it, it actually happens organically. Okay. And you mentioned, you mentioned that when you were doing your work, that you were focusing more on business, but that it automatically sort of bled into your relationship. Is that common that just doing eidetics on any area of your life sort of makes changes in multiple areas? Yes, because we're not trying to just manipulate the way someone thinks or sees something specifically, because we're actually working at a, a level of the mind that's 
much deeper than that about the way that we hold back. And I'll, I'll go into that more in a bit if we have time. So because of that, the shifts, it's, it's like that, that pebble in the, in the, in the lake, right? That because all we're connected, all these different parts of us are actually connected. Like when I was too much in my head, which I'm much less in my head, but when I was too much in my head, not only could I not feel my husband, but I also couldn't feel like universal, whatever you want to call I, I God, Allah, Buddha, the spirit source, whatever you want to call it. I couldn't feel those communicate. I couldn't feel that support either. So I always thought I had to do everything completely by myself, by the skin of my teeth and by the, you know, clawing my way up. And I didn't know how else to do it. I had to either be do it because I was smart and do it from my head or do it from, you know, spit and, and grit. And there's more than that, but I didn't have access because I couldn't let go of the way that I thought things had to be, if that makes any sense to you. Okay. So this is a totally new tool and I don't even know what to expect, but let's go ahead and do the demonstration Great. so that I can, um, yeah, so we can see. Yeah. That's a great idea. So I'm going to walk you through it. I'm going to walk your listeners through it too. So yeah. I'll make a couple uh, suggestions here. So in a moment, we'll do an experience. So I'm going to work with Lori and anything I suggest to Lori, you can try yourself. And then at the end, I will show you how to get a little bit more personalized way to actually do the image for yourself. First, let's start out with four. So again, I'm going to ask Lori and Lori, um, have you answer and then everybody you can have your own answer is what would you like to experience a shift in today a, a, mm. to you sure okay so I've always had enough in my life but at the same time I also sense and believe in a full state of abundance the natural state of God of the universe is one of abundance and I I sense that, and I, I think everybody does it to a different degree, but I sense that there is a way that I block that flow. Like I could have, I could have more, even more than what I have. And this isn't coming from a place of greed, really. It's coming from a place of wanting to remove anything that's getting in my way from this state of flow. I don't want to block anything. I have a spiritual understanding that I can receive, um, anything and everything. And I really believe that, but you know, there, whether it comes from past history or um, b belief systems or I don't know, but I, but I think, I think I have ways of blocking yes. just a really open flow. So if that was something, can you work with that? Absolutely. And of course that's um, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are going to relate to that uh, for sure. We, whether, and whether you're blocking abundance or anything, love or confidence or whatever it is, uh, we'll be able to, to look at that today. So I'm going to work with a, a very specific image for that for you, Lori. Okay. So um, now a couple things about working with an image. Eidetic images, the best thing you can do is not control them. Don't try to rein them in. Don't try to make them act a certain way. You give them free reign, like a thoroughbred horse. Whatever comes, that's what you see. The, the more you do that, the more you'll be able to get out of it. Second, you can uh, do this with your eyes open or closed. Obviously, if you're driving, please don't do it with your eyes closed. <laughs> and Mm, I'm going, this one is going to have, uh, I'm going to, there'll be some things about parents, but please hear this. This is not about history or memory. I'm going to say that again. It's not regurgitating history or memory. We're actually looking at consciousness here. So even though it's going to involve images of parents, we're looking deep inside ourselves. And I'll explain more about that as needed later. So, the, again, this is really specific to Lori and what she's asking. So, Lori, first, see your parents running in an open countryside from a time when you're growing up. See your parents running in an open countryside 
from a time when you're growing up. It doesn't matter if you never saw them move faster than a walk. It doesn't matter. None of history matters. Just wait. Allow yourself to let an image come forward. It could be vivid or vague. When you see it, tell us what you're seeing. I see um, they're young, and my dad is in front of my mom, and my mom is probably... 10 feet back and they're in like an alfalfa field in the house we grew up in. Great. Okay. And, and how old are you? Um, I wasn't in the picture. Am I supposed to be in the picture? No, no. Looking at them, um, how old would you say you would be? Um, I would have to be young because I'm picturing them in their early twenties. So maybe two. (laughs) All right, perfect. Now you say, now we're going to keep looking at the image. So everybody's image is unique. Remember that. So as you're looking at the image and you see your father's in front and your mother's 10 feet back. So how are they each running? They're just sort of loping along. Loping. And why is your mother 10 feet back? What's happening? Oh, no, she's just slower. Now, when you look at your father and the way he runs, how you said they're loping. Tell me more about what you see and what you feel when you see him running. He's young and energetic, but not particularly headed somewhere specific, just um, crossing the field. Okay. And when you look at your mother, what do you see and how do you feel? Gosh, I almost feel like she's in a dress, which is weird, and mm-hmm. um, and like she's a little bit bound. A little bit bound, yes. Yes. And how do you feel when you see her this way? I feel the binding. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Why are they running? If you don't know, you can ask them. I don't know, to get to the other side? (laughs) I could hear that answer. Okay. Okay. Now, um, you could let that go for now. Now, Lori, that binding feeling, is there anything about that that's familiar in terms of abundance or just familiar for you now? I don't know. I don't know how to transition that into a different space. It was just the feel of wearing a dress in an alfalfa field okay. and, and trying to push through that. Push through that. Is there anything about pushing through the binding that feels familiar? If I mean, that's okay. I, I could draw connections of, you know, other things in life that you have to push through, but there's nothing that comes to me immediately. So not, uh, so actually let me just rephrase frame it a little, rephrase it. So the feeling is the feeling familiar. Pushing through binding, not the meaning, just the feeling that she's having in the image. She's bound, she's loping, and she's pushing through it, but she's 10 feet behind. Um, I suspect so. I, I think if I if I just take that feeling and say, where else might I feel that in, yes. in my life? Um, there are... I think anything I come up against that I don't know how to do. So let's say with the podcast, when I am learning the technical aspects of it or needing to push through a new idea or, you know, come up with a something to offer or there's that always feels binding. Binding and and is pushing through the binding of a particular way that's familiar to you too when when you're coming up against something that's new. I just know I'm going to have to do it. Okay. Okay. All right. So now let go of the image. So that was the parents running in the open countryside. Now we're going to do a totally different image, even though parts of it are going to sound the same. Now see that your parents are running in the open countryside from a time when you're growing up for the purpose of making money. That's the purpose. That's the goal. What do you see? How are they running? My dad is running consistently and straightforward and 
focused and my mom is still behind, but not really running, sort of tootling around. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So first I want to say you're really doing great because you're looking at the images and you're letting yourself see them. So, and at this one, so your dad is um, consistent, straightforward, focused, and your mom is not really running and tootling around. Okay. Now in this image, are they the same age or different? A little bit older. So about how old? Mm, Mid thirties. They're mid thirties. So how old would you be about? Mm, 13? 13. Okay. Now continue to watch father watch now this will be very helpful if you can go in and let yourself just see it don't go into your head at all or meaning you just want to look see what he's doing see how he's running the energy the motivation and how what you see and then how you feel as you watch take take your time and remember, everyone, that while Lori's taking her time with this, you might be seeing things more vividly or more vaguely than Lori. It doesn't matter. Just as long as you're letting yourself see what you see. And rather than think about what Lori's seeing, you get a lot from just watching it if you're not watching your own image. Lori? I... It doesn't change much. It's kind of the same as what I said before. He's just focused and straightforward and just moving yeah i wasn't um necessarily looking for change but more deepening your looking and also how you feel when you see him running this way for money in the open countryside what's it feel like to see the way he's running i don't know that i have a feeling about it would you say you feel neutral or yeah okay now look at mother look at the way she's running i'm not asking you to see anything different but if it is different of course tell me but but let yourself watch the way she's tootling the way she's not running the way she's moving through the field or not moving in the way she's doing it and tell us a little bit more about what you're seeing and feeling when you see this remembering that we're not really talking about your parents here um she's kind of picking flowers and walking around and not super focused but enjoying the sun okay now when you look at these two parents does one or the other attract your attention more? I think the strength that comes from the masculine energy of my dad and his focus yes. draws um, draws attention first, but I don't feel any negative feelings toward the feminine energy of not Mm-hmm. So um, he draw, he draws your eyes more in the image, or my attention. Yeah, all, all, all your attention. And when you just see your mother, not the, not not as feminine energy, but as you as actually seeing your mother running this way, because that's the way it is in the image. Um, she's enjoying. She's not super focused. She's picking flowers. The task is to run for money. How do you feel seeing her like this? Happy that she's picking flowers and having a nice time. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So I'm going to talk about, you can let the image go and I'm going to talk about what you've seen and maybe what other people are seeing. Okay. Okay. So just let go. So as I said a couple of times, what we're seeing here is our consciousness often when there's a a place that we want to get to and we're not getting there in the way we want to maybe not as fast it's showing the way that our mind is divided against itself so when i first saw this image 
my father couldn't run in a, a straight line and my mother was running very very uh in a very pushing over focused um, tight-lipped kind of way and i just hated it and it was very familiar to me because when i first started working with eidetics um in that period i mentioned in between before i found eidetics as a way to work with clients i was having a lot of trouble with my business with making money with my business and i was feeling that the only way i could do it was through being pushing like my mother was doing in the image and i just couldn't stand it my father's was inside me as a way of he had a lot of uh big vision but he couldn't get the train to the station he couldn't he couldn't get there literally in his life and that was showing up in me so my mind was divided against itself these images are showing what's inside of us so here you have do you mind if i talk about your image a little bit like what i'm seeing sure absolutely okay okay let's dig into it teach okay okay <laughs> i mean normally you know if we were working together i wouldn't go into talking about it but because it's a podcast i will so we've got someone who's make who's running to make money consistently straightforward and focused and that's your dad and that's where your energy goes however the other part of your mind isn't running for money the other part of your mind is happy and enjoying herself but not focused on making money and you said i want to understand what's blocking me so i'm going to ask you to go in very deeply and see do these two parts the way you're seeing them feel familiar to you in terms of the way you feel inside sometimes about blocking abundance why would they block it well if your mind let's go back to mine if my mind has two sides of it one that's pushing and tight-lipped and another that's you know running around in circles and having a great time nobody's making money in a way that i want to make money nobody's making money in an easeful way that was exactly what i was doing exactly so you know i don't want to i don't want to analyze it that's i don't think that's the way to go if you're not feeling connected to a familiarity with it then i don't want to push it okay okay i i can see and i don't know if this has any bearing at all i it's pretty easy for me to make um connections with things but you know i can see there are certainly times when i'm making money or focusing on work that um there is definitely everything i do is commission based and i'm self employed and so there has to be you know there are times of great stress involved with that there are times of great focus and then there are times also with the flexibility that that gives me that i can go out and be picking flowers so so you know i can make those connections sure um but i don't know that that's necessarily let's let's go a different let's see if we can pull pull this in a little bit when you see your image again where there where she's um running and tootling or she's not running and tootling and picking flowers and he's focused and consistent and straightforward she's quite a bit behind him is that correct correct okay so does she need or want help in this image no Okay. Ask her in the image. Are you running for the purpose of making money or or not? And see what she tells you. She's not. Okay. Okay. So so let's stop there cuz again, I don't want to push this into analyzing. So we've got a part that is and a part that isn't. And one of the things that happens with people, I'm going to go the more general here, Lori. One of the things that happens with people and work is that there's like there's a lot of pressure and stress to do things in a certain way and then go and play or have fun after and yet how can we truly have abundance in all meanings of the words if those things aren't integrated in our life more and more does that make sense to you 
Yeah. So how do you integrate them more? Well, what we're seeing here is the mind not integrated. So if you were, and again, that's exactly what I saw. You said, I'd love to remove a few blocks. So one of the things that I do with my clients is that we work with the parts of the mind through the images so that they're no longer so separate because these two parts of the mind are so separate and your mother doesn't even want help. You know, you've got the strong ability of your father, but the mother part, and I'm not saying it's your mother, it's just part of the consciousness, is not focused on it, wants to have just fun. It's fine to have fun, but you can't, if you separate them, that leads to burnout when they're separate like this. It, it leads to burnout because there's not enough pleasure in life to have the abundance make any sense. It just doesn't feel good enough. And I am purposely taking this off the focus of you because this is what people experience. This is rampant. Okay, so how how do you bring these two together then? Because in a way, it almost feels like that it would be healthy to have a side of you that was open and, you know, okay with playing and relaxing. And then another side that could be focused on the creation of money or abundance. And that actually both represent a type of abundance. One is an abundance of, um, you know, flowers and relaxation and, wh and whatever that is symbolizing. And then the other is more monetary based. Um, and that would almost seem a little bit balanced. But what I hear you saying is that if you can integrate both of these into one way of constantly being, that you find more satisfaction in the flow. Is that what you're I saying? Would say it, I would say it a little differently because these images are not metaphors or representations. They are actually our consciousness. So for me, for example... When I, when I was trying to do a business in my mother's way, the way that I was seeing in, that, in her image where she was so tight-lipped and running so stiff, it was really the way I was feeling about my business and the way I was feeling about myself. That didn't mean that I wasn't having fun other times. But my fun part, the, my visionary part, was blocking me from... I, I was only focused on my visionary part and I wasn't doing the things I needed to do. In other words, I was more focused on my dad's part rather than my mother's part. And so what was happening is I was experiencing what I was seeing in my images. I was experiencing that I had lots of great ideas, but I couldn't get them done in the way I wanted to because I kept being like my mother. So this isn't about having two sides of yourself integrated the way you put it before it's it's about experiencing what's literally going on inside not a mental understanding it but um so let's let's talk about one time a person said when she was uh doing an image that was similar to this she said she had to cross the road and there was a truck and bathed, there were too many trucks in the road. And she literally sat on the pavement and couldn't move. And she couldn't do what she needed to do in her business. She was completely stuck. So she was trying to do some things for her business, but she couldn't. So her, Im but her image was showing her the action activity inside. And that part's really hard to look at. So I, I sense that this isn't making enough, uh, enough sense to you. So what, can I, what, what part can we pull apart here so it'll make a little bit more sense? Because I really feel like it's not yet for you. Okay, so I don't, you said you don't want to analyze it, but maybe the way my brain works, I need to just, maybe I need to have you analyze it. What, so these are two different parts of me of my psyche is that yes that okay. this is what if we were working together we would do this in a different way however because this is a podcast so it's a little bit artificial okay so if this were me if this were me 
Uh-huh. And I and I understood eidetics the way I understood it right now. Uh-huh. I would feel, wow, there's two parts of me fighting that are not in tandem and they're not helping each other. They're literally not even interacting. Mm. One part of me feels happy. One part of me is consistent, focused, and moving straight forward. And they have nothing to do with each other. And then I would ask myself, well, is that how I feel in my life? That it's a little bit separate? And is that working for me? That's what I would do if, if it were my image. Okay. And then let's say in this case, let's say it's not working because I'm trying to find like which blocks to move, right? What do you do with that? If that's not working, then what do you do? So that's where the work is. That's where we open through eidetic images. That's where we look at, literally look at this image and many other images to allow the mind, just like I mentioned before about the finger healing itself. As you keep watching images, they literally will take you to the place inside yourself that has the answers, that has the resolution, that has the bringing together of these two parts. Mm. So your work in eidetics then is leading your clients with through this process of the different images. We find images, it's too much to go into right now, but we find the specific images for that person, for what they want to help them work, resolve the divided mind where, the, where we're working against ourselves. Like what most people do inadvertently and unconsciously is they destroy what matters most. Oh, that's really interesting. Tell me more about that. Well, you have a, a people have a relationship and yet they're mean to the person. They have a relationship, but they ignore the person. They have somebody that they love, but they don't even take the time to experience and express it in a real way. That's what a lot of people do. Or they have a business and they say, hey, yeah, I know what to do. I'm actually pretty capable in my business. I can do these things to market my business. Hmm, I think I'm going to go play some electronic game on my phone. I'm going to go check in on Facebook, but I do know what to do. Oh, my money's not so good. Hmm, I know what to do, but I'm not going to do it. That's what most people do. I would agree with that. So what do you do about that? Well, what I do is people that want to work with me, we work it through. I mean, I can't, I, I, you know, I can't, what can I say? That is why I do the work I do because you can't just tell somebody who's destroying what matters, stop. If they, they, part of them knows they're doing it and they can't, stop where they would have. It comes to mind, I was um, speaking with a, a life coach the other day and we were talking about self-sabotage, right? And and I, in my life, that comes up more often in like dating, right? Like I start getting nervous about somebody and then I'll try to find all the faults or I'll, you know, I'll do something yes. to try to protect myself, really, yes. is, is what it comes down to. But that, that yes. self-sabotage, I think, probably pops up That's what you're talking about in a lot of different places in our lives. Absolutely. That's what we do. And then the other thing we do is we start doing things like we practice being exactly like a parent behaved in a way that we hated. So why does that happen? Why do we self-sabotage? Or why do we act like, why do we um, recreate things we didn't like? So I think that's such a great question. We get uh, I think the deeper answer for me is that this is what I've learned through my eidetic work. When you open up that area where we're working against ourselves, sabotaging ourselves, there is, in my opinion, always a place underneath where there's more of the person that can emerge. So that's why the Greeks called these gifts from the gods. Because that's the gift. 
So you can see a very painful image and there can be a lot of good work that's happening inside the image. And then instead of reframing it or instead of making it go away, what happens is like, for example, what happened with my mastermind client, the artist, right? Where the person starts to emerge that that place that's stuck, that's sabotaging, that's divided, there is an incredible other aspect of the person underneath that. That's why it's so important not to try to just push it away or quote unquote resolve it because there's so much more. So those spots are actually the places that are kind of the place markers of right beneath this spot is a treasure that you need to find. That is a great way to put it. It's the marker. And then what happens because we're human beings is then we fight tooth and nail against going there. Hmm. And so, how do we do that? With part, let me just add, I'm sorry. With it. No, go ahead. Part, part of the way we do that is with our head. All the way we do it is with our head, right? Everything's going on in our heads first. We, well, we believe what we think over other parts of ourselves. And really a lot of what we think is what got us into this place to begin with. Like my, like my client, you know, I'm not worth it. I'm not enough. Which of course, all of those stories, those internal stories that we're creating, create our reality for us. And that's the place we function from. So I I love this idea of there being place markers, first of all, that, so we know where to dig for the treasure. Um, I love that there are tools such as, you know, the eidetic imagery transformation that you're doing that can help us dig down. Uh, and I, I love the concept that maybe our, our places where we are the weakest or the places where we're stopped up are actually the spaces where there's some of the most potential. It, yeah. And again, because people do this so much, we'll fight against it. We will, some of the hardest places I fought against my eidetic person was when the quote unquote good stuff was inside me, was just about to come up. Oh, and boy, what did I want it? And oh boy, was I not going to let it come. It's amazing. So why, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you let it come? I don't know if I know the real answer. I do think it is part of human our human condition, so to speak. And yeah, I just I think it's part of how we are human. It just isn't the only way that we can be human. So one of the things that you often say is, "We didn't come here for a life half lived." Um, tell us about that. I'll go back to the story about my husband. So I remember one time early in our relationship, he, I was mad. I was just pissy about something and a really, really bad mood. And he wanted to take me into his arms on his lap. And there was a part of me that just wanted that so much. And I wouldn't let him, I wouldn't let him. I felt like, like about a five-year-old. I wasn't going to let him do that. And I wasn't going to let myself feel better. Had I'd done that. So by doing that, I was living, I was half living. What I wasn't allowing in was that connection and that love and also probably feeling my own feelings even more, which I was bound and determined not to do. So I protected myself and I lived half. That's one example. Okay, so the life half lived is sort of indicative of what we're talking about where we're living on this surface space where we don't understand the potential that's beneath it. We're not living up to that. We're living in this protective, more self-sabotage space. That's us, but not the full us. Yeah. And for a lot of people, it's going to feel very familiar and on a certain level safe. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's why we're there. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And so, like I said before about my clients looking good on the outside, so those things are in place, right? Yeah? The, the relationship, maybe kids, family, work, health, pretty good, you know, all those things are in place, but that's not 
in my, to me, for me and the people I work with, that's not enough. Okay. So let's, as we wrap things up here, let's end with that. Where are you now? You've done this eidetics work. You have transitioned out of a practice that you didn't feel was going deep enough and you've created one that is through the eidetics work. Um, you are living your life, um, full. I'm assuming you're feeling like that's full. You're out of that half-lived state. And what are you doing now? What does that look like? You have a full-time client base and that's what you focus on or what, what areas are you focusing on yourself also? Uh, I'm not totally sure I know where you want me to go with this. Are you saying like, what's most important to me right now? So we've gone from where you were and then we've, we've looked at what eidetics is, you know, and, and talked about that. And as we close up, I just want to know where are you at in your story now? I'm into continuous expansion. I'm into seeing where I'm stopping myself to seeing where I'm fooling myself as much as I possibly can. And believe me, I still do. And, and opening myself to more truth, more and more and more and more always truth to connecting to something greater and letting myself experience that and be led by that, um, opening to more trust, being willing to experience and give more love. Those are the things that are really important to me. Those are just some of them. Sure. And so you're, are you constantly doing eidetics work in your own life? Yes, I okay. have to. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to work with you, where would they find you? And are you taking new clients? I'm taking new clients. I would say... If people wanted to connect with me, I'd love to share with you um, a spiritual manifesto that I literally just wrote, which is on my website and it's on my spiritual web, um, excuse me, myspiritualmanifesto.com. And that there is a document there that um, is very dear to my heart to help people take whatever spiritual practice they're using, whatever it is. It tends not to infuse people's lives as much as they want. So it helps you to understand different ways that you're blocking that and different ways that you can open that up more. And in that document, there's also a way that I said I'd give you before to connect with me and to experience a more general image for yourself in a very deep personal way. But that's that's what I would suggest if you want to know more about how to bring your your spiritual life and your life life closer together awesome thank you in closing do you have any parting advice or um thoughts about this work i think my parting thought is i used to believe everything my head told me because i'm pretty smart but that was pretty dumb <laughs> And that it isn't just, no matter how smart you are, it isn't just your intellect that you have. There is more. And there is a lot of satisfaction to go with that. And it's scary. So be courageous and delve into the other aspects besides just the mind in order to live your fullest life. I don't see how it could be any other way. <laughs> Nicely said. Thank you for being here with us and thank you for sharing um, your skill set and your eidetic imagery transformation is completely new to me. So it's been very interesting learning about it. Thank you. Thank you. As I end this interview with Wendy, I, I want to bring back the main takeaway here, which is there are many tools and many, many, many types of people. And the point is to find the tool that works for you. So on Love Your Story podcast, we are often talking, I mean, always talking about story tools. And this is another one that I wanted to present to you as an option. If it's something that connected with you, um, great. Seek Wendy out. If it's not, consider it as the Love Your Story 
tool table, something else that I've thrown out and know that as we discuss and talk that different tools are going to touch base with different people and you get to use the ones that work for you. And we see this a lot in the the 21 day life connection challenge. Also, as you go through that 21 day challenge every day, you get a new life tool to practice with for that day. And they're, they're fun and interesting, sometimes simple, sometimes complex, but they're tools that help change your story or add connection or add um, love or create different things that you might not create without that challenge. But what happens at the end of that challenge is you have tested 21 different tools. And inevitably, I find that those who go through the 21 day challenge end up with a handful, you know, maybe three or four per person, maybe one or two, maybe 11, right? Uh, But ones that really work for them and connect with them. The point being is that everybody has different ways of doing life, different ways of perception. And there are lots and lots of tools out there to use and that are going to connect for you. So if eidetics is one of those, seek Wendy out. She is very experienced in this. And that practice is based on ancient Greek knowledge and mixed with some 21st century science um, and her experts use of the eidetic images in helping business people and helping people get past these unseen vulnerabilities that have been holding them back. She's very adept at that. So I hope you got something out of today's discussion and I wish you all the best out there this week finding the tools and using the tools to make your best life story. And we will see you next week on the Love Your Story podcast. 